delivery job. <laughs> yeah. So, Roman, if you want to, if you want to submit your application and references to HR, um, which is I'm HR. So if you cool. have okay. a list of yeah. references from the pizza place that you worked at, um, where you did deliveries, I'm definitely into looking into it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One I of them wriggly. Unlike Steve, I never ditched one of our delivery cars down in the stream, down the hill from the parking lot because he forgot to put it in park. <laughs> I didn't know he was also a pizza delivery man. Yeah, yeah, we worked there together. Yeah, it was funny because we were all like in the restaurant and one of us on who was looked out the window was like, you know, one of our three delivery cars, because the company provided them, is missing. Where is it? <laughs> I remember being excited when I got my raise that put me at $3.75 an hour. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you could almost buy a brand new black and white TV then for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can tune into, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, the Jack Benny show and (laughs) (laughs) Rochester. Hey everybody, welcome to Batman in Quarantine, episode 56 with Django Roman and Jeff. Just another one, Batman Incorporated, volume one, number two. Now I'm wondering, did I say Batman in Quarantine, Batman Incorporated, number two, or did I, I, at this point, they just sound like the same words. They'll figure it out. Okay, you're right. Did you plan this? Was this your, was this your Grant Morrison level plan all along? The name for this podcast was something I had put off doing until like the day that I needed to say it and put it up. And I was like, oh, fuck, (laughs) that's the thing I haven't figured out yet. Batman in quarantine. It's not a great name. What's a good name? Oh, fuck. I got to put this thing up today, I guess. Ah. Um, And you hadn't read enough to call it the hole in things. Mm. (laughs) I needed Batman to be in the title. We learned from Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. If it doesn't have a (laughs) keyword in it, you've got a fixed listener base. Um. But, uh, hey, listen, I do want to say a shout out to everybody. My birthday was a couple of days ago. I got a wonderful email from Chris Murphy. Thank you. Wishing me good birthday wishes. And Roman here and Andrew and Will and Nathan, listeners of the show, did the most insane thing. Listeners of this show and podcast will hear this more than once. But, um they, they called upon Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the Animated Series, to send me a birthday message, and it made me cry more than once, and was very, very good. So, um, Bat family out there, thank you all. You're amazing. I'm deeply indebted to all of you, and grateful that you're all listening to this, and here recording with me, Django and Roman. Um, we are. And, you know... I bet by the time this podcast is up, we'll have some ideas about who the president of the United States is. Um, Listen, uh, George Clinton will always be my president. Funkadelic, baby. (laughs) Yeah, love it. So we got that out of the way. Batman Incorporated, volume one, number two. (laughs) Almost did it there. Almost did it there. Um, This book came out and Matt... Goff just sent me a text message, and that was an accident that I did with my mouth. Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. Um, Yannick Paquette <laughs> on the art on this one. This follows up right after the one that we 
ended last time with a giant octopus squid thing, which, yeah, you know, at this point, we know Leviathan is a word, and mm. Jango pointed out that we were in a whale tummy in, in the first issue, and then in this one we've got a giant squid and a thing. But So they're definitely throwing water creatures out there. Yeah, I loved that. <coughs> Excuse me, I loved that cliffhanger. And uh, I'm glad that this picks up immediately after because I don't always trust Grant Morrison to show me the immediate fallout of it. <laughs> or anything for that matter. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> like it could have just been Catwoman toweling off after having defeated this awesome creature. I would have read that issue twice. <laughs> um, so we've got, you know, for all intents and purpose, Batman and Catwoman toweling off after this fight. And we get some more introdu introduction and information about Mr. Unknown. We hang out with Lord Deathman naked a lot. And that's very good. There's a lot of strategically placed penile coverings in this issue. Uh, you know, Doc Mr. Unknown wants to join Batman. He's like, no, you used a gun. He goes to take out some stuff. Um, resolution that we'll get to. That's sort of the main beat to this thing. Two-issue arc. Two-issue arc. Mm-hmm. We don't get those anymore. We don't get those anymore. It's awesome that Batman in, in quarantine rather has just sort of shifted its output based on whatever number of issues there are in an arc. It's like four issue four arcs, four issue arcs at the beginning. Batman and Robin had three issue arcs. Incorporated looks kind of like two issue arcs. So yeah. we'll say that it's because of the structure of the story and not because everyone's schedules are just so crammed, packed full of fun. You are you are the the spackle in all things. Roman, he called me Spackle. <laughs> I, 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 that's, a, that's a cute name, Spackle. Thanks, Spacklers. I gotta so, say, yeah. that third panel on the first page is so good. Just the, the one with like the, the top window is broken and they're fighting and the bottom window is just a sealed room filled with water and a tentacle. Yeah, and Catwoman fighting and chairs. It's just like, I, I, it's the next best thing to a cutaway. Cut it you is know, like it's, where they where they cut the building in half. It's almost or it's almost like a kid's book where you would like turn the page and the page would have holes in it and it look like a house and you turn the page and you realize it's all water. Oh God, I love that. Yeah, I bet yeah, you did. Yeah, I love in that third panel the, and the water too that does water streaming from the the bottom of the window pane. Mm -hmm. I brought this up to Roman last time, but Django, as cool as that is, you can't fill a room with water in an apartment building, can you? Well, somebody please. It's impossible. Hey, Jeff, feel okay about this? Like, do you what? think a room could fill with water before it would break the windows? I mean, I uh, clearly they they put some work into this plan. I don't think that most apartments have a giant steel trap door with bolts as big as the space needle on it either. Are you <laughs> trying to tell me that I should just read this as comic books? No, I'm saying that they broke into the apartment and prepped it before <laughs> they yeah. like also you can't how the fuck do you transport a squid that size into an apartment that size. Oh, that one's easy. It's one of those like little sponge things you put in water and over like a day, <laughs> they kind of like expand and come out of it. Yeah, that's probably a, it's probably a baby hyper adapter. It looks oh, like a hyper adapter from the Return of Bruce Wayne. Huh. Morrison just loves giant squid beakers. I love the fact that Catwoman, she uh, she maybe kills it. With a with an umbrella, which I think is a nod, another nod to the Batman TV show. The Adam West. They used they used a lot of umbrella props in that show. But that umbrella also follows them through the issue. Yeah, like that umbrella has a story arc, kind of like the the gear shifter, 
um, knife in Mad Max, where you you can look at that oh. movie as just a story about that gear shifter knife, and this umbrella <laughs> goes through most of this issue too. There's a lot of minute by minute movie podcasts out there, Django, and that is like your favorite <laughs> film. I think we could do a minute by minute um, one of those podcasts. I am in. What if we did a movie by movie Fast and Furious? Right, I'm in. like I'll that. do it. I'll do it, Brian. <laughs> Roman's never seen Fast and Furious, so. Nope. Um, I didn't realize that about the umbrella and I did realize that as they get to the shot of the like the squid thing hanging out the window there are just a couple spots where it's like leaking blood and I assume that was a combination of like tearing itself on the glass of the window but also probably the umbrella which it does show a very clear like her stabbing it and like blood in the water so good catch I didn't I'm excited to hear where that umbrella goes after this I really like that so far in this series they've done two like giant double page spread title things which sort of hasn't been incredibly a through line through at least batman and robin and we've got it in both of these issues so far and i just really like that without having been an adam west batman fan you know it still harkens back to me that type of like introduction and then bam now we're in the action or even just the like previously on the first page sort of showing yeah. that like how much this all sort of harkens back to campy <clears throat> television is something yeah. I didn't even fully realize the extent of the first time I was reading it. Even that, even that ridiculous trap of the 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 squid in the room below them, and that it's all straight out of the show. They had all it, sorts of weird death traps that didn't really make sense if you thought about them. <laughs> how do you think? Like, so when there's the shot of Catwoman fighting it underwater, and Batman drops these like bat things into the water in the room below, what do you think mm -hmm. those are? I think that those, I think, that, I think he threw them out of the window and they come down and attach to the window in order to explode. I think that the stage direction in this is, is flawed because okay. they're sitting they're they're attached to the window and he's swinging towards the window in this first panel on uh, like page four or five. Mm -hmm. And on the next panel, the window explodes from those little bombs and he's, still swinging but he, it looks like he's swinging from from before he would have been in that first panel i, I think that things are a little bit muddled there yeah you're right actually now <laughs> you mention it i do see that the explosion is coming from inside out and the glass is breaking out and my assumption was that he had just kicked the window in but i actually mm -hmm. don't know how easy he would be able to do that when you're thinking about a space that doesn't have water and then glass and the one that's filled with water i think you'd have yeah. a lot more resistance i don't actually know how easy it would be to break glass well, and clearly it's uh, modified glass. You know, right, because the water of, at all. Because the room has been set up to be a trap room. Yeah. Man, this art is so good. It's it's like it's somehow like if if um Adam Hughes and Kevin Nolan were playing around in the Batman world. I in the previous episode that's not up yet, I shouted out a Kevin Nolan reference as well. Like that's kind of what it looks like to me. I'm like really kind of divided on it there's some of it i like a lot and then some of it has this type of thing that i don't really know how to describe but it is it is a flattening that feels like is prevalent in a lot of kevin nolan's art but what i was reading at this time it also the coloring and inking reminds me a lot of what i don't like about the dodsons like the the heavy line yeah or just everything. like 
you know, like even this this page on the page after the squid hanging out of the building, but like it shows Catwoman sort of sitting there talking about being drenched, you horrible man. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they shade muscle texture and skin tones, you know, it's, it's it is great, but it's also like there's a very Dodson esque feel to it, like a lot of highlights and white lighting instead of like maybe adding of shadow. Yeah. I, I I don't know how to describe it, but there's like a or like on that following page when Batman is looking at the toaster. Um, that's a really great example of like the, t- I don't know. It's almost like Brian Hitch. Like it's like a flat chunky. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But then there's also stuff that's incredible. Like I think that like the textures, the, the, the cities, and then a lot of the body work is just absolutely incredible. But yeah, there's a, there's something going on with the coloring and inking that I'm, it's trying to, it's challenging me to understand my own tastes. I guess I just judge a Batman artist on Batman's chin and Catwoman's muscles. Yeah, well, you, you mean you give Killing me a, a muscular woman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of the the page where Catwoman's sitting there talking about how she's drenched, on that page we get a fridged dude. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Who who is probably just the whoever lived there before, right? Right, um, but also we get that classic cover of Batman versus um, Mister Deathman. I think that is like yeah, straight up. That's a reinterpretation of the cover of the issue yeah. where he fights yeah. them. I just found that issue in my collection, and that cover is so much better than any of the covers around it. Oh really? Like it's it <laughs> looks about I don't know five years newer than all of the other covers that surround it. In I was looking at it last week when we were recording the first issue in this arc. Um, who did the art in it? I don't even or on the know. cover at least. I don't even know. Do you know Roman? No, I don't know. Is that pretty old, Django? It's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. How, how far back is your collection going? Oh, I, I mean, I've got a. I've got little bits and pieces of uh, two and three Batman two two hundred and three hundred. Okay, that's cool, buddy. I, I know you're a guy who collects the issues, but actually, have no not at all in touch with the first like how, how comprehensive it is of the first like three hundred issues. Yeah, it's it's you know I've got some. <laughs> <laughs> Do you okay? Question: Detective Comics and Batman from that era. Uh huh. Like, how far into Detective Comics did? Was it before Batman started as a run? Twenty-seven. Okay, was the so first de- Batman. Detective twenty-five had come out. No, Detective twenty-seven was the first Batman, right? First yeah. Batman, yeah. Um, then how many issues of Detective were there? Do you think before Batman started as a series, or did Detective become Batman? Detective never became Batman. Okay. Detective was always just Detective. I thought so, but it. I think I don't think Batman appeared and then disappeared and then reappeared. I think that Batman appeared and was a big enough hit that they just kept going with it and pretty then, sure and what era and what where would detective have been when the first issue of batman came out is my question oh i see um gosh i don't know i feel like maybe five years okay does that sound right roman yeah well it could be something like that three years five years our good friend chris murphy would know um, so that that's a reinterpretation of of the cover of Batman one hundred and ninety. Okay, um, and I don't know who drew it, but it's it's classic, classic Batman look. Hey Roman, you know I was on the Facebook group 
not long ago, but I didn't find, did Chris post the like really comprehensive more like Batman history thing on there as well? Oh, the one that that he emailed me. Um, I don't, Jeez, I don't remember now. There's a document I really want to link in the notes of this podcast. But at this point, I've got like a Spotify playlist and Facebook group playlists and email links. Like, There's, there's a, nothing wrong with that. Not Okay, okay. So maybe I, I'll toss this amazing document that Chris Murphy has thrown uh, my way that is this great annotated. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's a great it's description. A, but yeah, that's amazing. My, my mistake, Batman 180, covered by Gil Kane, Murphy Anderson, and Ira Schnapp. May 1966. Hey, Jacob, um, did you... Sorry, Roman, yeah. Oh, I was just thinking, wow, it's not often. I don't, at least I don't feel like you often see a Gil Kane Batman. And that might be why it's, uh, why it's so much better than all the other covers around it. it it's just composed, and, and a lot of those other covers don't have backgrounds. Mm, yeah. yeah. And Lord Death, or I guess Death Man at that point, looks really cool himself. His costume sort of like sloughs around on him like loosely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, hey, Jenga, what do you think do you did you read it all into the like dude in a fridge that made me think about fridging characters for sure no i i think that it i don't even know if that was a thing people were talking about at this point i guess i guess the I think they were lantern thing had happened by now yeah. but it um yeah i mean i think it was just a convenient place to put him you know frid, fridging a character is a lot more than just putting them in a refrigerator it's it's having um, specifically having a woman killed for no reason other than to inspire the dude right. hero to to do something. 1999 was when that issue came out with the Green Lantern fridging thing. Um, yeah, okay, which is which yeah, is pretty so crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of I kind of just assumed this guy in the fridge. I kind of assumed he was some he was, was a person that lived in the apartment and he like right. climbed in there maybe to <laughs> try and get away from the water or they killed him and stuff. Dude, in there. It's so but, wet here. <laughs> I gotta yeah. get in my fridge. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was thinking, why would they kill him and stuff in the fridge? Why bother? Just let the squid eat him. But, it's just <laughs> such a you know evocative or touchstone type of thing within comic books. You yeah. know, it oh, is yeah. uh, so interesting to include it at all. Well, and it's it's also like I, I really like that it this whole scene shows Batman solving the the mystery, right? Yeah. So like he's looking in the fridge for clues. He's looking at the fishbowl. He's looking at the toaster. Um, like he's he's investigating while they're all talking. And I thought that was that was a cool way to show that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know if Roman checked in with Doc Walk, but um, Chris, or Cody Walker, you know, like his just he illustrates that the way that batman is sort of going through that uh is is kind of evocative of the adam west show which maybe you would know better than i am but just like that killed in his turn by nitro hydrochloric acid otherwise known as aqua regia water points to the next victim in an elemental (laughs) chain of death what are where are the poseidonist jewels being exhibited you know like that like al gore south park like internet the internet telephone wires telephone wires we're talking to each other okay (laughs) two people communicating they're communicating interpersonal relationship you know like they're killing a psychologist um right holy deep underwater jewels and i and i'm always into that type of like just free associative connective work yeah, if you read the, if you read this issue like with Adams West voices Batman, it add it, it brings a whole new element to it. Yeah, Adam West's voice and uh, Kevin Nolan's chin. 
It is. There's so much Kevin Nolan shit, man. Um, it, we learn here, and I thought it was interesting, and it seemed to me be kind of inspired by like Batman Beyond or something. But Mister Unknown becomes well, he ages out basically. He's 56 at this point, so he was killed. But this body double stand, and what we've learned is actually he was dressing up as Mr. Unknown and Mr. Unknown would do all of the detective work. And this dude would go out and be, you know, the young Batman, so to speak for all of it. So, you know, like Mr. Unknown was killed in that first issue kind of, but also we've got his actual stand in replacement person is is who Jiro is. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is like an alternate version of uh, Bruce and Dick, right? Where, where Dick is dressing up as Batman Oh yeah, within and Robin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's it's not the same dynamic, but mm-hmm. it's it's definitely sort of uh, a legacy discussion. It's interesting. Like Bruce refers to Deathman as being upgraded in this, right? He's Lord Deathman now, and he can't be killed. Whereas before, <laughs> he would do yoga to seem like he had died and then get out, throw people off the trail. So this scene here, like I do really like. I mean, yeah, you know, the art is is gorgeous. I. And I really like these scenes of the way that Lord Deathman looks. He's just like naked, but he's got that skull like is on it. Where in the first issue, it looks like when he's talking, you can kind of see his face beneath the skull mask. But here it actually looks like his head is a skull. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just really like this whole scene of them starting to do some work on him. And he kills the doctor by stabbing him with a scalpel, but like then cuts his own throat open and reaches in to grab a bullet out. That's hardcore. It's hardcore. Yeah. And I like the fact that somehow he's talking while he does this, but after he pulls the bullet out, he uh, he staples the wound shut. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I didn't realize he was stapling it shut there. That, that's what I thought it was. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. That's totally what it is. And it's it's more of like this really kind of methodical Yannick Paquette storytelling where he grabs the, the stapler three panels before. Mm-hmm. And then he's holding it, and then he uses it. Like every everything about this, it, it feels like either Grant Morrison gave really specific um, stage direction, or Yannick Paquette is just like, oh, well, instead of having him standing here and talking, we'll have him doing a thing. Much yeah, I like wonder, Mad Max Fury Road. Much like that, <laughs> the story of the gear shift. You know, the other thing about this is that his word balloons aren't coming from it anywhere. Oh, Lord no. Deathman. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah they, so they, maybe they he doesn't. In the air. Maybe he doesn't need his throat to talk. Mm, oh, yeah. That's know? a smart read. I didn't connect those two things. Yeah, I just invented it just now. Nice. I love it. That's what a lot of this is. Thanks, buddy. Nice point. Yeah, because his his words just float in the air, like all eerie, like. Mm-hmm. I so, love how when he's when he's putting his cape on, you've got him with his amazing skull mask or just skull face and then all of his followers just have these kind of like shitty rorschachs shitty rorschachs yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i i i really like that panel just showing the the difference between the leader and the followers yeah it reminds me of like a scene from the dark knight or something like you know the yeah. joker like it's very cinematic like the you know carrying the gun talking to everybody moving through the room aaron sorkin-esque <laughs> sorconi Sorconian, yeah. Um, this this part, though, now again, I think a part of this whole Batman Inc. thing is just like, hey, Jeff, how about don't worry about how much water's in that room? You know, like, whereas everything to this point has been so methodical, I think mm-hmm. now it's, a, it's sort of like, 
Well, Lord Deathman is going to the water place to take out one of the heroes from the super young team of Japan. Mm -hmm. And he's just blowing up shit the whole way there. And like, there's what I realized in this issue is like, I I don't have any motivation for Lord Deathman, And I don't know how much we ever have motivation for villains. Right. And I guess maybe Batman 66, was there ever motivation for villains outside of them just being, you know, doing villain stuff, chaos, but this Charles, but this is very like, why is he doing this? And where is he, where is, where and why is he doing this? And why does he like, why, why the handy disabled kids bus and, and Lord Deathman, I am the headmaster. Like I, I, it's so over the top, um, obviously intentionally so, but whereas before I think we could have had conversations about, Hey, what is the meaning of the, you know, or what is the intention of this character? And is it being intentionally obfuscated or what is the deeper mystery here? Here? I'm just sort of like, okay, so now we're racing to the water. Like what is Lord Deathman's well, plan? Uh, Jiro says it. If what is Death it? Man's working his way through Japan's hero population to make a name for himself. Okay, so he's just doing it to make Bakuza a name for himself. The super Young Team is next. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's as good a, a as good a motivation as any, I guess. It's as good a motivation as any, but it is a little less than we've received from any of the antagonists so far in the Morrison Batman run. Yeah, for sure. And I guess maybe that just kind of points to what he's doing with Batman Incorporated. Yeah. Shut up, Jeff. Have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, put the clutch in for a minute here. He'll he'll get around to it. He'll he'll mind fuck you again. I just love those mind fucks, Django. <laughs> um, that that scene where he's where he's leaving the hospital and blowing everything up that really reminded me of um, the Dark Knight movie. Yeah, just like almost almost beat for beat. Yeah, uh, when the Joker's the escaping and blows up the yeah yeah for sure. Yeah. His car is cool. Roman, you're a pretty big like a hot rod speedster guy. Do you like that car? Yeah, I'm quite a gearhead. You're kind of uh, that's exactly what it <laughs> I forgot, but you're always so active to refer to yourself as a gearhead, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool I have no idea what this car is based on, but yeah, I, I nice lines, it's got a great color color scheme going on. I love that explosion too, a little just a page just right above that as he's leaving the hospital cuz I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. I don't mean to, you know, be insensitive, but there's like people flying in the explosion and some of them are in their wheelchairs still. <laughs> well, oh, wow. I didn't notice. That. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another thing to mention. Like, while this is kind of like more lighthearted and playful than anything before it, there's also way more blood and murder. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of blood and murder in this and like unequivocal like oh yeah those people are dead or that's stabbed in the chest we can see the blood and he's laying there dead and yeah and i like that commentary that lord Deathman is very consciously doing that kind of thing because uh he says he read somewhere that violent antisocial crimes almost unheard of in japan so he's going to take him to school and show him how it's done and, and that's part of his plan <laughs> yeah um he doesn't look anything like a transformer to me but maybe it's um <laughs> some sort of Django headmasters were like the subsequent like after the 1980s transformers line had come out headmasters were like a different thing they tried to do to regain popular i just uh i'm a huge transformers fan and you just displayed some some transformers knowledge i didn't realize you had dude i i had the original transformers like that first first edition optimus prime i held it marcus i had it in my hands oh um i i bet that part of the reason that this is so violent 
is kind of to contrast the Adam West aspects of it. Right. So like if you were to take any of the Adam West stuff seriously, it would be fucked. Yeah. So here we are getting real life consequences for this campy situation. Over I, over. I think you're totally right. That's an awesome read. I didn't Including think about the guy that. in the fridge. Yeah. The, you know, the campy nature of it is what I, I, I was just flipping through this and I realized that issue four is the first Burnham issue on this series. And I was like kind of on the fence about Yannick Paquette's art enough on these first three issues that like, I remember issue four sitting around for a long time. And I, I think it took me several months to like, even go back and read it. Like I was this first volume of Batman incorporated really had me on the fence of like, well, I love Morrison. I love what I was just reading, but not really loving bond, not having seen the Adam West stuff. Also not knowing how I feel about this sort of like, kind of broad, almost authoritarian Batman who's like, you know, even at the end of this issue, they cast the bat signal on the sky and they're like, Batman's always watching. I'm like, that's kind of, that's a little bit, maybe not the Batman I love. We're heading to the Armageddon 2001 version of Batman. Yeah. And so anyway, like I am realizing that there was like, I definitely had a dip. I was also probably like, you know, nearing the end of school and doing a bunch of work and, uh, I got real on board with it back when the second volume started. But yeah, there's like this, this whole chunk for me as my first time through was a little like, I don't think I appreciated the camp of it. Well, it's a total departure from the storytelling of the last right 300 issues that Grant Morrison wrote. So you do have to be willing to be like, okay, like, I, you know, give me what you want to give me, not what I think I want. Yeah. And you, I think that as a comic reader, you have learned to trust your favorite creators to pull it around to something that you enjoy um, for sure. Often to. to your benefit. Although X of swords is maybe proving to be uh, oh, an exception. No, that's turning it <laughs> around. It's all going to, that one's all going to be worth it in the end. So Batman hitches a ride on this helicopter. I wanted to talk about hitching a ride <laughs> and just what that felt like for everybody. I was thinking about like Roman, like, all right, I'm going to hitch a ride. Like he and Catwoman are bounding to this place. And he's just like, my first thought was like, does the helicopter notice the change in weight of a single body hanging from it? But also just like, what, like Roman, you're a man, you're a muscular, safe man, but you're just a man. What, what do you, how do you just hanging by a rope on a helicopter above the city? What is that? Shane, I'm just glad you brought that up because I sat and thought about the implications of that. I mean, I, you could do, what, Batman could do a pull-up, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he passed the president's physical fitness test that we all had to take oh, in the 80s. God. <laughs> um, I didn't really think much about it other than the fact that, wow, that's a kind of a dick move. Batman's like, oh, thanks, Catwoman. See you later. Try yeah. and catch up. <laughs> I mean, so him holding on didn't bother me him trusting that that helicopter was going to take him anywhere near where he wants to go in, in the city was a little mysterious. Not the hanging on bother me. None of it bothered me. I was just sort of thinking about like, like you've got Spider-Man, right? And he's zipping from web to web. But here's Batman who's limited more by just like, I've got these guns with ropes. Like how, if, if, it, if he needed to get off that helicopter, because it was clearly not going to the, although maybe, you know, maybe it's a news thing and it's covering... You know, like maybe it, I don't, who knows, but yeah, just you're right above a city. How often do you do that, Batman? You yeah, know, maybe maybe it's a reference to the helicopters in the Adam West 
series, you know, because there's a lot of hanging off of helicopters and fighting sharks. That was before helicopters existed. I wonder if it's a reference, a reference to, because they're in Tokyo, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a lot of helicopters in, in to- over Tokyo all the time. <laughs> there's a lot of tentacle porn. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I have a, a quibble with the storytelling oh? on that page. At the bottom, we see Lord Deathman in his flying or just jumping off of a building car. I love that shot. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like the came, shot. Came off the building across the across the way. I like the shot. I don't like that we get that shot, and then we have a page of Jiro putting on his awesome costume. Yeah, you're before right. Before we get the payoff of that we, shot, we could have definitely. Yeah, yeah. Interesting thought. So, like, when you're writing a comic, you know, like, you're probably like, okay, in this issue, what is the thing I need to get done? Okay, bam, this is the thing that this issue needs to do. So now I have 22 pages. What is each one of those pages going to do to serve moving this thing forward? So then you know how much information each page has to have to move this thing forward. But the order with which you put those pages has got to be, you know, some thought. And this one page of Jiro... You know, th- that's a thing that could have happened really anywhere over like the four or five or six pages beforehand. But you're right. We swap those two. Yeah. Well, kind of. But I did really like that perspective shot. <laughs> it was like, here's a dude eating a bowl of ramen. And then we've got Lord yeah. Deathman's car coming and then it just shatters the window. Fast and Furious style. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't mind that placement because um, it made it feel more, more this is how concurrent these things are happening. Jump in between all mm-hmm, these different, yeah. Th- yeah. We, we haven't mentioned what a hard ass Batman is about. Like Jiro's like, I would love to join your group. Like the Batman Bruce Wayne mission. And, and he's just like, no, you use a gun, get the yeah. fuck out. And yeah. Catwoman's like, you're a little hard on him. You know, Mr. Authority, judge, jury and executioner. But I love that. Jiro uh, then shows up and takes care of it all without needing to use guns. So he can be a part of the crew. And Batman knew he would do that, which is also kind of a right. shitty thing for him to do, you know? Like, if I'm right, he'll take his chance. But it also harkens kind of back to that Adam West or just early eras of Batman, right? Like, sometimes Batman was just kind of a dick in the... You know, like, we we, we prescribe him having more morality and humanity nowadays because I think we expect mm-hmm. it from heroes. But, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I think there was a lot of just, you know, the times where he just, like, slaps Robin for whatever reason. And, like, there's sometimes just like, yeah, Batman, maybe mellow out, dude. Yeah, why did he slap Robin? I can't remember. Do you I, that? Yeah, I, I forget the original story, what was going on. There. I, I, I want to say, I think... <clears throat> uh, I feel like maybe he w- Robin was, like, under the influence of mind control or something like that. Mm-hmm. There, there was he was trying to snap him out of that, but I don't remember exactly. I think it's also a kind of a throwback to the golden age or golden age origin of various characters, um, and even the pulp origins of those characters. Like you know, Doc Savage ran his was it the crime college where they'd take criminals and basically lobotomize them <laughs> to make yeah. them okay to be in society again. I mean, geez, they didn't worry. They weren't worried about uh, civil rights. Or <laughs> well, lobotomies were cool back then, right? Yeah. Like all the rage. He's a, he's a guy from the thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Just take a little off, off the frontal lobe there. Yeah. So Batman had to make some sort of machine, a hypnosis machine where he apparently had to wipe Robin's memory, preserving Wayne's secret identity before severing the partnership. Um, and, and I, I guess, 
Yeah, there was like a Batman versus Superman storyline and a what if or something. If Robin is saying, hey, Batman, what are your parents getting you for Christmas? And he says, my parents are dead. <laughs> um, so that's that's what he's saying when he slaps him. Um, God, okay, sorry. Uh, I, had, I had to look that up, Robin, because you're right. Wait, I don't remember why. That's the original story? Or I'm pretty certain, unless that was actually a font that was changed, but... Um, Wow, that's, uh, that's crazy. It sounds like a, a a satire of that story, but they do all these. Oh wait, no, maybe that is probably a satire. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a satire. Sorry, oh, okay. it was, now it's showing all the different times people have, people have made fun of and referenced that over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that <laughs> I was just because like there was um. Batman, Bruce trains himself to become the Batman, eventually taking on Dick Grayson as his ward. As Batman plans a trip to Metropolis to take down his foe, Robin interjects, insisting Superboy, now Superman, would never have killed an innocent. And then the, and then the came the slap heard around the internet. Don't tell me I'm wrong, you brat. Proving Superman's guilt is my whole mission in life. Ow, Batman, your grief has obsessed you with this idea of vengeance. I beg you, give it up. So... Um, so basically yeah. a Zack Snyder movie ba- basically a Zack Snyder movie <laughs> anyway yeah Batman's a dick uh, is the long and short of that uh, Mr. Unknown fakes his own death which is cool and then we get this scene of just Batman Bruce Wayne talking to Selina after they've succeeded but there is the cool shot of him swearing in Jiro which harkens back to the issue cover with Dr. Hurt swearing in Robin making that oath of the left hands up which is a reference to that old shot when Batman swears Robin in of him doing this weird kind of cool candlelit cult thing what do you think of the way that they take care of um death or death man man? (laughs) like they put him in a safe and they basically just trap him forever well they trap him forever they also batman's like so just for you a fate worse than death and then he throws him off of a building onto the ground like that should kill a homie he just knows that it's not going to so he goes for goes for broke so to say yeah and then they fold him up into a safe yeah yeah give him and give him to the uh the japanese space program which i was wondering when, when they're talking to yeah, I think the implication is there when he's talking to Selena, she looks to a telescope and the next panel is a shot of a satellite. Oh, you're right. So is Lord De- Deathman, is that a Japanese satellite and Lord Deathman is just in there? like? Yeah, you studying. can see his face. <laughs> you can see his face on that satellite. Look at the... Uh, yeah. That is him. Okay, yeah. It's a skull. So someday we'll see him again, probably. <laughs> I would love that. And yeah, get Morrison to do that. Yeah, it, it could be like a th- several thousand years in the future story or something. <laughs> um, I really liked that... Bruce realizes that he, he, you know, picks up this suitcase that's dripping water, and he says that, like, yeah, these jewels are made to be with under underneath <laughs> a ton of pressure from water, or else they turn to water themselves. And it shows this suitcase, and it's yeah. dripping water. So Selena was trying to steal them, and they turned to water. And it's I been thought dripping water for that whole two-page spread, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was actually. Um, like an even cornier like adam west like so to preserve these jewels she put them in a suitcase and filled the suitcase with water so she has a suitcase filled with water that's like dripping because they had an apartment room filled with water so why not (laughs) um but no the jewels have turned to water and now they're dripping but yeah i liked i liked that quite a bit and then there's a final shot of batman fighting an ape in japan and i know roman liked that that looks awesome. And, and, and the ape's got a mask on just so you, you know, his ape identity is preserved. Yeah, exactly. 
is that, is that Mr. Unknown you. fighting him? Oh yeah, um, I guess yeah. That's that's yeah. Look at his look at his mask. Yeah, that's, oh, that's that yeah, the mask and the belt. Mm-hmm. Oh, and even the boots are different. Yeah. Okay. 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 That makes more sense. I thought this was like so. Now Batman will always be fighting them here because he doesn't like. Not everybody starts wearing a Batman costume as this as they get recruited. You know. Well, I think Jiro does. But also, since I think he does too. Yeah, exactly. This is this is pretty cool. His um, like he's got. Well, I guess they're not the same, but he's got pouches on his uh, Mr. Unknown belt. And they kind of focus on the pouches when he uh, puts his costume on before he runs away from the cops. And then when we see this Batman, he's he's got, you know, similar kind of belt pouches. Yeah. That's awesome. Good catch. Than, yeah. Good catch. So... And the other thing that I remember being like, I'll trust this story, but I do remember like being like this whole Batman incorporated and Bruce funding Batman and publicly saying that, like you can't really go back from this. Like, you know, like people are going to assume Bruce is related to Batman. Like, how are you gonna, we can't undo this from the rest of Batman history. And of course they kind of have since then <laughs> but like i do remember being like i don't know about this you guys like you're kind of ruining like batman's secret identity and i guess you can do whatever you want in comics but i do I, while reading this i had that moment of like oh, i remember like that amount of trepidation about incorporated like how stupid is the rest of the dc universe to not yeah. figure it out yeah yeah but you know like rich people can kind of do what they want seems like it and if they just say uh-uh yeah, Roman. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I, I believe him. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Look at him. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the canon that I wrote, was that he can just deny it and, you know, have Dick dress up as Batman to stand next to him to prove that he's not Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a time-honored tradition. I mean, that's how the Superman-Batman team got started was one of them covering for the other one on that, I think they were on a cruise ship and turns out they're the exact same size and height and hair color. So it wasn't a cruise ship. It was in an alley. In an alley. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's a, that's a year one reference. It's a Tom King Batman joke. Yeah. Which is a year one reference. I know that. It's a little. <laughs> well, it's, it's a year one reference refs mixed with a silver age continuity <laughs> reference as well. Mixed with Tom King. I, I do, like, Rowan, I mentioned this on the last time, but throughout this whole issue, again, I think, Django, I'm curious if you agree, I think that this is, like, the best written Batman-Catwoman banter to sort of allow the Tom King run to exist. Like, I think that this mm-hmm. seems like a really logical continuation of the, a relationship that then happens later on in continuity. I think the, the way that they talk to each other feels really in line with the way that they talk to each other in that long Tom King run. Yeah, it's funny that they go from kind of an open relationship here to getting uh, getting engaged in the in the Batman Tom King run. Like that's that's it's it's just an interesting relationship arc if you look at this as part of that. I do. Yeah, she's just yeah. like, well, if you need any smooches or anything, let me know. I forget exactly what she yeah. says. It's basically just like, you let me know when you want. And I was like, I, <laughs> I'm in love with Catwoman. I want to. You cat- want me to Indiana Jones kiss your bruises? I want a Catwoman. <laughs> What's the Indiana Jones kiss before we go, Django? Oh, it's like uh, in, in the ship after after all that adventuring, Indian Marion are in in a ship's cabin, and she's like, "Well, where where doesn't it hurt?" And he's like, oh, "Here." And he points at his elbow, and she kisses his elbow, and he's like, 
here and she kisses another part and he's like this this isn't too bad on my forehead and she kisses his forehead and then he's like here and oh his lips and she kisses him and he falls asleep <laughs> stupid is that what, is that what movie then wait is that what happens? he falls asleep i thought what happened next was somehow she does something and clocks him with the the mirror and you hear oh, it yeah. and his scream reverberates across the seas it's yeah it's, it <laughs> that happens in the same cabin that's that's right before oh, oh okay <laughs> yeah she's like trying to trying to get a clear view in this in this mirror on a swivel and he's looking at all his bruises and she grabs the top of the mirror and flips it down and the bottom comes up and cracks him in the chin <laughs> <laughs> and this is your moment of indiana jones for the week it's jango's favorite movie and i think it's <laughs> dumb as shit Dang, we got Indiana Jones and Mad Max Fury Road in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I love to cut one or the other. And I don't remember if we mentioned this, but Jenga, you have to be on for the issue. I think it's number six or something, but it's the like all computer issue, number eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a really terrible digital art issue, but it's going to (laughs) follow up on our Clown at Midnight digital art issue that we talked about all those months ago. Uh, can can we drop one mention about oh, yeah. um, you know how this is uh, the the globe trotting James Bond version of Batman? Yeah, and they just announced that, um, or they just confirmed that the next 007 is a black woman who is in the next movie. Really? Oh yeah, wow! Is, she, she takes the mantle after Daniel Craig leaves. That is so much more interesting than any James Bond movie I've ever been you know proposed to watch yeah I, I hope it i hope it works out it it's almost like they're like oh yeah you you thought we were going to do idris elba watch this <laughs> yeah um, oh I'm, so many dorky dorky boys are going to be so upset i'm just like <laughs> way more interested in a, like watching a a woman who uses men for sex than a man who uses women for sex <laughs> yeah. you know like while he's out doing detective shit so like that's velvet. yeah exactly um I just want Velvet to read me stories. Um, Different Velvet. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Ghostbusters Lego set. Oh yeah, I'm into that. Um, anyway, okay, everybody. This was Batman in Quarantine, episode fifty-six. Roman, Jeff, and Django hanging out. Batman Incorporated RJJ. number two. I liked. I like this. I'm liking it more than my first run through, and I know that it's only even going to get better. So I'm. I'm digging it. Roman, do, do you have any closing Polish thoughts for us? Polish. Um, I don't know any Polish words. No, oh, well then forget that part and just closing thought us. I, I don't know any any Polish word skis, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's my guy. I, I don't I don't have any not really. I was just flipping through because you said that computer issue and I was like, oh, I completely forgot about that. I'm not looking forward to that issue. Yeah, I don't think um, I even read it back in the day. I, I got do, you. I do kind of want to read I wish I could read the story where apparently Jiro as the Japanese Batman fights this caped masked ape because I think that'd be a really cool story. I believe that. I believe that you'd be really into that. Um, there is like a Chris Burnham written Batman Incorporated issue. I think it was coming on the second volume that deals with like the Night Runner. It's just a bunch of there was a Batman Incorporated like zero issue or something that was all just other characters. And I think that his, yeah, I think that his costume becomes this, which is this Japanese sort of manga Batman thing with black and yellow and red on it. Um, But he is the center part of a story that comes down the pipe later on. And Chris Burnham wrote it? Yeah. Huh. Um, But it doesn't look like he fights a giant 
ape, unfortunately, no, I Roman. Think that's, an, that's an untold story. He actually, does fight lots of lions, though. Actually, looking in the back of this, uh, the back matter of the graphic novel, it does. I didn't know this. The um, Jiro is named for the original Bat manga artist. Yeah, Jiro Kurosawa. I think is his name. Or Ka- Ka- Kasawada? Ka- um, mm. Let me find the page again. Uh, it's, better get that Kurosawa's name. Was the director right? Kawada? Kawada, Kawada, and then Osama Tezuka is the other yeah. name reference in there. Okay, hey, well, hey, listen, yeah. everyone, we've got things to do. I'm going to get a podcast up. Uh, I'm going to go to the store and give payroll to everybody. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't know what I, you guys are going to do today, but I, I'm going to take a shower and stuff some breakfast in my face and go to the museum. Oh, Django, I hope you just keep pouring boying around like you do. Oh yeah, I'm I'm planning on doing uh, perfectly acceptable podcast episode 200 tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I should read some of those comics. They're last like Ronin. two weeks old now. Okay. <laughs> Ten of Swords, Stasis, and Last Ronin. That was last week, wasn't it? Three Jokers. All of these were last week's because it's last week's podcast. Because oh, okay. Behind. Well, I've read all those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. 